And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. We're here on a special night, Matt. I say special night. It's the night that the show used to be on before we changed it. We're coming to you on Sunday because, again, my life is all over the damn shop. But I uh, didn't want to deny people a show and you were lucky enough to actually have a day off this week. So, hey, we're doing it Sunday. Yeah, it all, it all kind of worked out so no one m misses up a show. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I had to, I, I got a scary phone call last night and had to run out like literally an hour before the show started at 10 p.m. my end. And I'm like, oh, I might be able to deal with this in an hour. I might be able to come back and do the show. I don't know, but I really don't want to be timing myself. So, yeah, that's uh that's what I did. Thank you, everyone, for coming and joining us Sunday night. We know uh, you had other things vying for your time. Uh, Wrestle Dream, the big AEW show, is going on right now, and we know we have a lot of fans who like to watch both. Indeed, yes. Everyone, everyone tell me if Edge debuts while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give you permission to spoil that for me, just so I know. That seems to be the big hot-ticket item right now. <laughs> uh, how's, uh, how's your week been, Matt? How you been doing? Yeah, it's not been too bad. It's been a quite a chill week for me. Uh, all things considered, that's happening at work. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been pretty good. I've been able to read quite a bit of comics. I actually able to start and finish the new Cyberpunk DLC. Ah, I just started last night. Actually, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. It feels like a completely different game, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's so awesome, and yet at the same time, it's like, man, the whole thing could have been like this, huh? <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's like, wow, if you just let it cook for like, you know, maybe a year and a half more, probably could have been this. <laughs> I mean, this, I think, officially joins No Man's Sky in like the games that had, you know, probably the greatest glow ups mm -hmm. from where they started to where they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it says a lot, you know, about games and video games as art, where it's like, you know, what are what are the series that, you know, we let have second chances? You know, what are the ones that we let have redemption stories? Because it's rarer than you think, because a lot of the times the big studios don't really care about quality. And they're just like, well, we sent that out. That was a bomb. Time to move on to something else then, I guess. Yeah, it's it's all about the uh, that bottom line for the financial people, the, the the studio execs and everything. They 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 have that. They do stupid things like oh if you're if you sell this amount of game you'll be able to get a bonus and it's usually some like mm -hmm. ridiculous like unreachable amount goal and it, yeah. yeah and it's all just so they don't have to pay the bonuses and stuff like that of course but, yeah yeah and because cd project red seems like it's made up of actual real artists they're like no 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 we need to have a second kick at this can and we need to basically reinvent it from the ground up and they do it's it's shocking because dogtown is like arguably a very small piece of night city it's a city within a city and it's so funny how many times that, like, I accidentally cross over from the DLC zone back to the main game. And I'm like, oh, that was really seamless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was It's pretty good. It's like, yeah, it's its own little thing. You've got to go through checkpoints to get into it and everything. So it mm. kind of, like, has that sort of, like, almost a hidden load sort of thing where it's, like, loading you into, like, a new part. And, yeah, it it feels different but also feels the same. 
Sure does. Uh, I, I only just now met Idris Elba's character in the mm -hmm. game because I've been running around doing side missions, and even the side missions have been consistently bumped up, not just in terms of, like, you know, interesting encounters, but also in terms of, like, uh, like RPG choices and everything. There was actually a moment there, a couple moments, where I had to pause the game and think it over, and I'm like, oh, geez, you know, both these guys are actually making pretty good points. I don't know who I believe in. <laughs> I know, yeah, it, it it's it's really cool. It really goes that like spy thriller way, where it's like who's telling, who's telling the truth, who's who's being a really good liar and everything. And exactly, I, I, I don't know whether you've done them yet, but I, I did all of the Mister Hands gigs in Dogtown, and they're actually I've done most of them. They're actually really really good, and and they're, they they're they're excellent. They connect up to the the actual plot of Phantom Liberty. Oh, really, do they really really well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I haven't gotten that far yet, but yeah, I played quite a few of the gigs and I've loved every single one of them. There's one where you got to basically help two dirty cops get out of yeah. a jam. And the writing in that is so wonderfully hilarious because it puts V in a situation where you're more professional yeah. than these two cops and they just keep fucking up every step of the way. It's 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 such a good one. And the, the, I did one as well where V has to like infiltrate this like sports facility that are like they're, they're like basically like pimping out kids as like sports oh, stars shit. and like selling them off it's like it's like it's like a futuristic slave trade where it's like buy this kid oh, he's, he's like really good at soccer he'll make your team like win the national championships I, and everything I, I haven't got that yet far but that does actually line up with something the clothes vendor said where he's like yeah i yep. sell clothes in a place that's economy is completely propped up by weapons but i got a kid who's good at sports i'll be mm -hmm. out of here in no time and i'm like oh i guess that is like people who live in the dominican republic and places like that where it's like yeah if you get really good at sports you can get out of here and i'm like yeah i've never seen that actually translated in a game before yeah, you actually get to meet that guy's son later on oh shit do you really man again fucking cd project red when they're on fire they're on fire <laughs> i know right <laughs> there's a one with uh where you got to save a priest from a bunch of scabs or no yep. you you save a doctor who's working mm -hmm. in a church from a bunch of scabs and then you hear like both sides of their stories about why they're fighting with each other and it's like it, it, i don't know which one <laughs> i mean you both seem to have valid points i mean you're a dick for what you did but come on i've killed like 12 of you already <laughs> So, you know, in for a fucking penny, in for a pound. Yeah. Uh, the new weapons and everything are good. I've only gotten to play with some of them. I love you can tell what one of the DLC weapons are because they have this, like, neon green Boghurst paint job on them. Yeah, yeah, you can you can easily tell which are the new weapons because of that, as well as, like, I think there literally are, like, new weapon types in the game. There are. There's, like, some big, like... I, I used it when I, like, saved the president. It's, like, some big, like, railgun-looking <laughs> thing, and it, it's really good that's a funny thing too you know they're totally riffing on escape from new york are you a bad enough dude to save the president i assume the president would just be like a princess in a castle you had to go save and yet hilariously the president is like an actual character who you get to hang out with yeah yeah she well she is for a little bit then she kind of, the, the, the one thing i didn't like she kind of disappears from the story but it makes sense being that she's the president and they need to get yeah. her out of the town you know but yeah I, I did kind of wish we got to spend a little bit more time with her you get to spend so much time with the president there's literally a point in there where i'm like oh my god am i gonna get to romance the president no, you don't. Am I, I, get... I thought that as well and i'm like oh are we are we gonna clap cheeks with the president 
Is this yeah, going to be our reward? Say, it's it's not. It's not. <laughs> is that going to be an option where she's like, "Time to serve your country, V"? <laughs> but I didn't spell country the way you think I did. <laughs> uh, nah, That's what that, I thought. Because that it would be hilarious. Happen. You you could totally do that and then have a bit where V talks to like Pan Am or Judy or River and be like, "Well, you're never going to believe this, but I had sex with the president." I'll be like, "Fuck <laughs> off! No, you didn't." <laughs> Stop lying, you idiot. It's like the <laughs> ultimate free hall pass because no one would believe you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Phantom Liberty is great. Man, just the facial capture on that shit is like out of this world. It's it's so good. And I, I, I don't know what ending you're planning on choosing, but the, the one I chose I think was probably the best. But as well, yeah. it, it was super surprising because halfway through the ending, my game turned into a survival horror oh shit like a legit like like resident evil 2 i have to hide from something hunting me sort of thing oh, wow. yeah and i wasn't expecting it and oh it was it was awesome it was so good the, the, the general consensus i'm getting from this you know dlc is like wow this is awesome what do you mean you don't plan to do any more dlcs what do you mean this is the last one <laughs> hey i'm fine with that if they if they can use that steam and move on to like cyberpunk 2 go for it well, well, there's the rumors there that they've got something cooking Cyberpunk Orion, whatever that might be. Yeah, it might be the sequel. Which, you know what? Hey, if they just want to Yakuza this shit and be like, look, we're doing a series of Cyberpunk games. They're all in Night City. They all use similar assets. This time you don't play as V because V and Johnny's story is essentially over now. <laughs> I would honestly be okay with that. Yeah, it, I mean... It also makes sense in the terms that the fact that this was like a tabletop RPG. So yes. it would make sense that you get to play as someone else or like create a different character somewhere else. Yeah. That being said, I would like to see V return. I, I mean, in some capacity, depending on like your story or something and what ending you chose. You know what they do? He literally, V literally phones in and it's the male voice or the female voice. You never actually see the face because that's what you make <laughs> up, but you hear V's voice. <laughs> that's how you do it. Or you pick up V's audio logs or something. That would be fun. Yeah, well, there is, I know there is an ending where he, he talks about wanting to become like a fixer. Who, who, that's who, right. Kind of like Mr. Hand sort of situation. So maybe, maybe, maybe that would be cool that would be very cool indeed also the fact that they keep getting these huge celebrities back for this that like idris elba turns in such a great performance mm. and was really excited to be in a game that keanu continues to be great in this when when he came back for the dlc i'm like oh man is he going to be phoning this in or anything no actually not at all no yeah he actually has a, that, that's what i thought i thought oh they'll just have him chime in every now and then with like a new line but like no he mm -hmm. actually has like an arc through this story it's it's really cool and you learn shit about him that you would never have learned otherwise yeah yeah really really well done so yeah matt and i could just talk about cyberpunk forever because it's fucking awesome it is it's it's, it's awesome now it's, it's finally a good game it's it's everything they wanted it to be yeah and hey, you know what, uh, building off the back of that, there's some really good news that dropped this week as we uh, transition on over to the new state uh, segment of the show. Uh, studios have more or less met the Hollywood writer's demands as the writer side of the writer-actor strike has reached a tentative end. This was technically last week, but we're finally talking about it now. Yeah, it, ha it happened at the, the very end of last week, and yeah, so glad they got what they wanted. 
So glad. Absolutely. Uh, so, some of the things that were uh, outlined there is they're like, look, you can't use our work to train AI. You can't make us punch up anything written by AI. So there was a lot of really good AI shit, which I was happy to see. Yeah, I, I'm glad that they, they finally put a stop on that. And I'm glad that it's making so many of those tech bro AI people really mad because it means they, they don't get to do a job, which is good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy for that. Uh, some other stuff in there, too, which, you know, would probably mean more for you if you were actually a professional writer. Uh, sizes on, you know, writers' rooms actually being capped, you know, people mm -hmm. getting paid what they deserve, you know, more actual residuals and everything. And just it, it just sounds like a good deal. And I'm happy for them because, as I say time and time again, happy writers, happy creators, happy artists make better art. Make better stuff, yes. You could tell yes. there for a moment there it was... It, they weren't making things they liked you, just the quality of things from marvel movies you know some star wars projects and just like movies in general just didn't have a good mm -hmm. feel about them yeah you can tell that some very unhappy people were working on this one because they had to meet some deadlines but hey that's great news i don't think the actor side of the strike has officially ended yet and they're still striking in solidarity with them but i'm sure that that will also be cleared up in the next little bit because you know you need actors to act in the stuff the writers write yes yes but but this might also not be the end of it either because there's talk there uh, about the animation industry those people wanting to strike once their contracts are up at the end mm -hmm. of the year and even video game people too saying that they might also like to strike in the coming little bit to try and score similar things for themselves and with good reason yeah i think the video game people like they all voted to strike it was like a 96 percent vote on yes yeah. to strike or something yeah so, so they're which, getting ready to, to to strike, which I think they they deserve to. The you hear yeah. so much shit about like video game people with like crowds oh, yeah. and and so and and then obviously like VFX artists as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they they deserve it as well. It it sounds so bad that even me as just like an outsider looking in, I'm just like man uh fucking why would you even get into this industry this sounds yeah. like a soul-sucking soul-crushing industry you must love it because that's the only reason that, anyone would get I, into it i know people in game development and they say that all the time where it's like if i didn't love this industry with every fiber of my body i would not be doing it oh yeah because you just hear all these terrible stories about like yeah. yeah and then a big fortune 500 company bought our studio you know forced us to you know make a stupid game with a stupid idea and then closed us down or you know yeah, when, it, when it didn't succeed or something like like say like uh saints row like like that yeah. new saints row game Violation. i didn't particularly like it but like it it was it wasn't the worst it wasn't no it wasn't the worst it wasn't as bad as everyone was saying but like yeah they closed down or just fired like a bunch of their people because the game didn't succeed and it didn't succeed because that's not what people wanted but it, it, it's another one where it's like them to do it it's another one where it's like man just another like couple tweaks probably could have saved this one mm -hmm. if you made the side content a little bit more fun and engaging like it was in two I think more people would be interested in it if you would actually split the campaign for each of the gangs instead of having it be one solid campaign. Again, like two, if you're going to be, you know, trying to recreate the magic of two, then at least, you know, try and take some of the mechanical ideas of why people like two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, it might not have killed you to put Johnny Gat in there. Yes, I know it was a reboot, but fuck it, put Johnny Gat in there. People like him. <laughs> Hell, just just get Daniel Day Kim in there in some role. Can I just play Daniel Day Kim? That would be good. I like that. <laughs>
oh, that would be really funny, too. You got to, like, rescue Daniel Day Kim from, like, a stalker who's trying to kill him, and he needs to go and record for the new Saints Row game. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, his bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make it, like, a fucking, like, really, like, a real meta thing there where you just get to hang out with Daniel Day Kim and just, like, get him to vamp and everything. That would be fun. Well, what they could have done was they could have said, like, oh, the Saints gang is actually real, and Daniel Day Kim is, like, on like, is work, a on, like, work experience with them to, like, learn for his role Everything as Johnny Gat in the Saints Row video game. <laughs> Again, hell, I, I didn't even hate the Saints Row idea where it's like, look, you know, we're getting away from Stillwater, we're getting away from, like, the sort of early 2000s thug life-ness that, you know, the first two games lived in and trying to do a more modern, like, millennial take on, like, oh, yeah, we commit crimes, but committing crimes is a side gig. Where I'm like, you know, there was something really interesting in there. I don't know if that's, like, you know, again, I don't know if that was the Saints Row people wanted, but that wasn't a bad idea, and I think it's a shame that you failed for trying to innovate, then failed trying to do the same thing over and over mm. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a sad case, because it's like, oh, there was a lot of good ideas in here that just were not what people wanted, and that sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's that that hurts. Uh, another story we had coming down the pipeline this week here. Again, this this is actually an older story. People had, were talking about this, but it has finally been reported by a reputable source, so I can 100% confirm this. I guess uh, James Gunn was talking there, and, you know, people want to know, hey, you know, in the changeover from the old DC Cinematic Universe to your DC Cinematic Universe, what actors are safe? And, you know, which actors are going to be recast? And unsurprisingly, the three actors that he named were Vigilante's actor. Yep, we're going to be keeping him from mm -hmm. the Peacemaker show, because why wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. Viola Davis, because she's the best, and because there's going to be a Waller show. Again, no surprise that we kept her around. Yep. And again, I don't think anyone would fucking complain about Viola Davis no. staying on as Amanda Waller. She's perfect in the role. Exactly, yeah. She, she's great. Yeah, e even in the bad Suicide Squad movie, she's still pretty good in it. Yeah, she's the best part of that film. She's genuinely the best part of that one. John Cena sticking around as Peacemaker. Oh, no, really? The most highly regarded, most viewed uh, <laughs> fucking DC streaming show in the history of HBO Max or just Max as it is now. Yeah, yeah. Shocker, shocker shocker that he's going to be sticking around in what was a star making turn no really uh also the blue beetle kid's going to be sticking around i still haven't watched the blue beetle movie yet i know it's out on digital and i keep meaning to good for him i'm glad he doesn't have to suffer for you know the sins of all the movies that came before him because he seemed like a nice kid and seemed genuinely excited in the role and people seemed to like him as high may good for him for getting yeah. to stick you gotta watch blue beetle it's so good I'm sure I would like it. Again, I've been trying to rewatch all of the boys before I start Gen V. But uh, yeah, it's definitely on my list. I definitely want to check that one out. I also heard good things about Bottoms, too. So I'm going to watch that one as well. I'll make, <laughs> nice. a, very, I'll make a very funny, very weird double feature. <laughs> nice. I, I said it before, but this has actually been a great summer for like raunchy adult comedies. They've sort of made a comeback. They really, again, I don't think they made jack shit at the theaters. I think they all got rushed to streaming, but they've all been excellent this year. Uh, mm -hmm. Strays, Joyride, uh, some other ones I'm forgetting, but if you like dirty, sweary comedies, this has been an excellent year for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
even even Barbie to some degree, though Barbie wasn't really raunchy, but it was just like no. a very funny movie that did very well. It was a very funny film, yes. <laughs> it was, where it's just like, I, I got my hair cut the other day, and the lady cutting my hair, we were talking about movies, and she's like, oh, I haven't seen that Barbie movie yet. I'm like, oh, it's hilarious, you'll like it. And she's like, you saw it? I'm like, oh, you don't seem like the, uh, what is it, like the targeted audience. I'm like, no, it's really fucking funny. Margot Robbie's really good in it. <laughs> if anything, we, we, we kind of are the target audience to it. <laughs> Yeah, as, as like nerds. I mean, that's yeah. why the movie worked because the target audience was everybody yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah. Which is why it was one of the biggest hits of the year, that and the fucking Mario movie. Yeah. Now, again, speaking of Margot Robbie, and I was, so this is actually a beautiful, beautiful uh, little segue here. Of all the actors that James Gunn named who are definitely sticking around, shockingly did not say Margot Robbie, though, which is surprising, right? Because, again, she seemed to be one of those performers that the old regime, well, several regimes at the DCU, were really fucking high on, right? And who kept around through everything, and apparently she was very well-liked behind the scenes at Warner Brothers. She showed up for every meeting, was really excited, shook a lot of hands, so I think it's interesting that her name isn't on this list. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she does come back, but at the same time, it's possible she might want to go do some other stuff this is true and again maybe because barbie is such a huge massive success now she's like oh i don't need to sign on to a superhero franchise i am a franchise unto myself mm -hmm. now as i always knew i was yeah yeah and and i don't think barbie is getting a sequel at least one hasn't been greenlit because uh the no. director isn't interested in that sort of stuff yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because she's an art film director and everything. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But yeah, I just think it's funny that, you know, after everything they tried to do to, you know, keep Margot Robbie happy and keep her on the hook and everything, they're not mentioning her. Also, she might be trying to use this as a bargaining chip, too. She's like, well, I could be Harley Quinn again for double what you're paying me now. <laughs> or they're like, or maybe we can just find a new one because we're rebooting everything. We'll probably get a new Joker, so maybe we'll try and get a new Harley with, uh, was it, with a new set of chemistry. Yeah, maybe they might not even do Harley because people seem to forget Harley's been around a lot less than she was before. Like, jo Joker didn't have Harley until, like, the 90s. Yes, yeah, again, there's a long period of time there, a Harley-less time. Also, hey, maybe they're hoping people will love Lady Gaga in that musical Joker <laughs> movie. <laughs> Don't you love remembering every so often that that's going to be a thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I said it once, but it bears repeating. I cannot wait to see what the general reaction is to that musical Joker movie, because I feel like a lot of people don't know it's going to be a musical. And a lot of, like, you know, the really unfortunate film bros and, you know, some of the, you know, worst elements of the YouTube film community. Joker, I think it's more important than Joker. I'm going to love seeing those two types of dudes have to pretend that they're really invested in musicals now. <laughs> Because <laughs> the Venn diagram for those two types of dudes in musicals is it, it it's just a circle. It's just two separate circles. <laughs> I, on the other hand, love comic books and love musicals, so I will be really interested to see what the hell that movie becomes. <laughs> like it feels like even the people making that movie were like, "Oh, we're never going to get a sequel to this. We're getting a sequel to this. Oh fuck, I don't want to do a third one. Uh, make it a musical." <laughs> Or maybe it ends up becoming a huge hit and it starts a whole renaissance for musicals. Yeah, mate, it could. It could. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll get a Hades Town movie finally. Maybe, uh, what is it? We'll get a cinematic version of Hamilton or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a cinematic version of Hamilton. Just watch the Disney version where they just show you the play. 
Yeah, yeah, this is good enough. Yeah, why don't they do that more? Why don't they just, like, make it so I can see the fucking play? Because I would. Yeah, they should do that, and oh, they, they can't now because it's, like, been closed for years, but, like, put that Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark yeah. musical up on there, complete with, like, the actor, like, falling and, like, paralyzing absolutely. himself or whatever happened to him. <laughs> 100%. Thank you, Oliver Reed, for the problem. Yeah, they absolutely should play the disastrous one. Disney Plus should make, like, a big deal of it, like, release it for April Fool's, like, when Cartoon <laughs> Network does weirdo stoner shit. They're, like, coming to Disney Plus exclusive for one night only before we seal it in the Disney vault. Spider-Man turn off the dark. The only recordings. We will burn it after it's done. <laughs> So you better see it. You better pay the amount, uh, what is it, to stream it for one night only. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. They were right. <laughs> God, when I just think that there's a fucking Spider-Man musical, it just blows my goddamn mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's essentially all the news that was fit to print this week. There's really not much going on. I imagine shit will probably kick up again. Uh, was it now that the writer's strike has been finished and now people are actually like free to promote stuff again? Because that was another big problem where it's like, well, if we can't promote stuff, then nothing can really be news. Yeah, and I have to imagine uh, uh, New York Comic Con next next week. Next week, That's yeah, right. next week will be probably pretty big. People are probably rushing to get like actors and shit signed up to like do panels and whatnot. Now that that's yeah, to over. make up for lost time. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. That it's next week, same same time as Canadian Thanksgiving. That's what always throws me off. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about next week. No doubt about it. Yeah. as we get closer to New York Comic Con. I mean, they already talked about the new Hickman Ultimate stuff, so they're already like planting seeds and trying to get people excited. I think the new Ultimates has a panel, if I'm not mistaken. Wouldn't be surprised because I, yeah, because they also just announced on the first of November. There's like a it's like the first issue of the ultimates is coming yeah. out, but it's like a special. And from all I can tell is it's just ultimate invasion issue five. Yeah. That's the feeling I got. In fact, you know, if we talk about what we read this week, do you just want to jump into that right now? Ultimate invasion number four that came out this week, the big yeah. finale finger quote of Hickman's new ultimate series, which wasn't really so much a series as it was a big old prologue for the new ultimate universe and everything that is to come was a big old prologue and one that really ended quickly. Boy, boy, did it ever. It's like, okay, so big explosions, this, that, the other thing, and we're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It glossed over so, so much that those first three issues really set up well. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the hell was the point of all this setup in the first three issues if you were just going to blow it up so quickly? But yeah, we see Howard chatting it up with uh, This World's Reed Richards, who is literally the man in the Iron Mask, the true Reed instead of being the true king, is a prisoner. Yep, yeah, he's being punished for crimes that he has no idea what they are or how they were committed. He just knows that, like, he's being punished for something that someone else did. And, yeah, he's he's in this prison helping him finish the Immortus engine uh, because because the maker doesn't know if Howard created it or he created it or mm -hmm. who created it. He just needs it being built again. 
yeah, getting shot in the head will do that to you. I, I do love uh, This World's Read has a really great line of dialogue where he says, oh, you should know, Howard, you can run from anything, but you can't run from yourself. And I'm like, oh, that's funny because, you know, he, he's Reed Richards, which means he'll always come back to the science prison because there's no problem. He can't left up, be uh, he can't leave it unsolved because yeah. he's obsessive like that. And also he literally cannot run from himself because the maker is just another Reed Richards. Yeah, the maker will know what he does. <laughs> Yeah, which is something very, very funny about that. Him and Reed work out a plan to stop the Maker, which is to basically, hey, let's, you know, trap everyone and everything in the city because we know the shield is more or less impenetrable. And then let's call Ultimate Future Kang here to the present and hope that uh, him and the Maker kill each other. Well, yeah, no, yeah, that, that's what I thought was quite interesting is that Howard, I like his line where it's like he's sick of replacing one monster with another and instead mm -hmm. he's just going to go his own way and just like kill them all kill all the monsters yeah essentially, the, which... the revel the, the revelation too is that kang may have actually all well he already met this kang when he did have the Immortus engine, he traveled to the future to see if him monkeying around with this universe would actually ever work. And all he ended up doing was getting shot in the head and there and by kicking off the whole thing, meaning we got time loops within time loops on this one. Yeah, yeah. And it just keeps getting worse as well by the end. Um, but yeah, they end up fighting and just like he sets off the, the Immortus engine, which seals the city and apparently is going to seal it for two years. Mm-hmm. Which and, is the two years our time, but longer in their time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we say two years our time, but the way comics go, it's probably going to be a bit it, longer. True enough, it, because time moves differently in the city, and all the other sovereigns of all the other you know nation states are like, uh, what do we do now that essentially our god is dead and gone, and there's no one you know judging us or pulling our strings anymore? Do do we stay the course, or do we get really greedy and instantly corrupted? Instantly corrupted. Yeah, I, I love that they that they prove Maker's point almost immediately. The minute their mm -hmm. leader is just like gone, like they've been let off the chain a little bit. Oh, we're just gonna like resort to like our baser human instincts and just start carving up countries and killing each other and whatnot. Time yeah. for hedonism. Yeah, yeah. Which goddamn, uh, freaking Hickman, that's a pretty dark status quo for this universe here. It's like, yeah, the maker was right. He was keeping everyone in check. And then as soon as he was gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool seeing like the villain be proven right. Yeah, for a change. But then again, I think Hickman always has like this really interesting connection to Reed Richards and the maker by extension there, where I think he truly does think that he is the smartest, best guy in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, well, that that came right. off in that in that first issue where you could absolutely tell he was writing himself as the maker about how like how he was the only one who could shepherd this this world into like what it needed to mm -hmm. be and and others like cast him out and everything and it's like oh yeah okay this is just you talking about probably X Men. <laughs> Yeah, feels feels like you're talking about yourself there just a little bit. And hey, as we know, Hickman was not the first choice to kick off this new Ultimate Universe. It was supposed to be Donny Cates, mm -hmm. and he didn't get to do it because of almost dying in a car crash. So as much as I have enjoyed this new Ultimate stuff, it will always carry a small little question mark of, ooh, what if? What if? I mean, there's always the part where, like, maybe if he ends up getting much better and everything, Cates can come back and maybe write something in this universe or write yeah may, maybe even write a what if 
yeah, incorporate some ideas that he has going on here. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, Howard basically sacrifices himself to try and kill Kang and uh, the Maker, and uh, that kind of works, but doesn't work. And he looks under uh, the Kang's mask, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm horrified of what I see," implying what we basically already thought from the very beginning. And it's like, "Oh, Tony becomes Kang, doesn't he?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It. I mean, it was fairly obvious, wasn't it? I, it was I don't know why he. Painfully. I don't know why he he decided to do. Oh, we won't show the face. We won't show who it is. It's like, come on, it's it's very obvious. But then two seconds later, Iron or sorry, Iron Lad, because he doesn't actually take up the name Iron Man, uses the broken Amortis engine as like the basis for his iron man suit and it looks just like a color swapped version of kang and like yeah don't get me wrong it's kind of clever that he calls himself iron lad because obviously that was nathaniel richards name Mm. nathaniel richards reed richards and kang all part of the same weird twisted tapestry Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's pretty cool i do like that reed uh the you know the ancestor of kang is the one Mm. shepherding this new kang around and like sort of teaching him stuff and also it's just so weird because this is reed richards but he's just like dr doom and like what he's doing is like kind of heroic but it also has this sort of tinge of villainy to it yeah like what is he planning and also how insane is he after all those years Mm. in the maker's prison yeah and it's like whoa i i I read richard's dr doom this is written by hickman this is this is gonna be interesting because, yeah, I don't doubt for a second, like, he gets the Avengers together and it's like, okay, now for our plan to kill all the blanks. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it'll <laughs> oh, be... Oh, that was always the plan. Yeah, it'll be like, okay, we've dealt with the Maker, but now there's, like, other problems, other Reed Richardses or something, and we've got to kill yeah. them too. <laughs> we got to kill all the scrolls. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I get Because, like, you wouldn't make him Doctor Doom and dress him up like that if he wasn't ultimately going to be revealed to be evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes, as the chat is saying, that also begs the question, if Reed is the Doctor Doom in this universe, then where's Victor in this universe? Is mm. he alive or dead? Yeah, that's... That, Did, he'll, he'll have been turned into, like... Because we don't know if this, this Reed... Oh, this Reed does not have his powers. So... No. So maybe this Victor does have powers? Maybe, or no Reed, no powers, no space trip... Did Victor not meet him in college? Did he not go mm. through the accident that fucked up his face? Yeah, yeah. Did that not happen, maybe? Or maybe it did, but in a different way. So now he's just, you know, a Romany guy with a messed up face who's not a bad dude. Hey, maybe he actually became Doctor Strange. Maybe he became the master of the mm. mystic arts. Yeah, I, I there has to be something with Doctor Doom just because they, they made a point of, like, saying, Maker now lives in Latveria. And like mm-hmm. he's taken over like the castle, which is usually Castle Doom. So like, yes. is 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 Victor out there somewhere, just like plotting revenge against maybe. against Maker? And they they maybe recruit him as an Avenger. I mean, it is Hickman, and obviously he loves the Fantastic Four to death. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're all probably coming back. But the big twist at the end of it is like, oh, you know, Maker said that Captain America was dead in this world, but no, he was just in another ice cave no 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 not just that he found him like when he went searching for him he couldn't find him and that's because iron lad and reed had already gone back in time to find captain america and take him from the cave so that when when maker came looking for him he couldn't find him okay i missed that okay so it's a loop within a loop within a loop three loops deep yes (laughs) 
See, I missed the third loop. You'll forgive me now that we're <laughs> full on Inception right now. <laughs> Which makes sense. Also, hey, if it's a new Ultimate Universe, what's this Cap going to be like? Is he going to be closer to the fucking out of his mind Ultimate Universe version of Cap, or is he going to be something different? Somehow, I think with 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 Hickman writing this, it's it's not going to be. He's not going to be pointing to his his a on his head and saying this does not stand for france and stuff like yeah this. really <laughs> i don't think he's yeah, gonna I say doubt, that stuff <laughs> i doubt that too and that's another thing like obviously i'm gonna give hickman a chance for this because he never really got the ball rolling how is this ultimate universe going to be different from the other universe because obviously having howard be iron man in this world is a change but tony wasn't too far off from how tony is normally shown to be no no he, he was like younger and that, that yeah. and even then like in the ultimates he always was younger yeah he's not that much of a playboy i mean some of the other characters are pretty different like hulk is pretty damn different all those other mm -hmm. ones but by and large there's not a ton of difference also now that we know that hickman is definitely going to be writing that new ultimate spider-man book i was really certain that we would have seen blonde peter again but we never did i'm i'm sure it's it's coming in in that book in november it's, it's probably gonna, yeah it's going to be revealed that i i reckon some some somehow he's going to get bitten by the spider like maybe reed smuggled it out or something or probably you know knew, knew where maker was keeping it or something and let it bite peter or something yeah i i also you know gotta wonder too where it's like okay so you know obviously they made the old ultimate universe to be like an easier entry point or, you know, people who hadn't been reading comics for like 60 plus years at that point, they wanted it to be more modern and more reflexive of like the world that was happening today. For Hickman, it's like, okay, well, well what's your angle? What's your thing here? Because by and large, I don't think this was any more like, you know, uh, penetrable than a regular Hickman comic was. Because, yeah. you know, Hickman is an amazing writer, but I don't think anyone would call his work penetrable. No, I'll, I'll say this. It's a lot more penetrable than if kate's was doing it because kate's had all that build up with venom that's and, true and all the stuff he was and thor and all that sort of stuff so it's it's at least a little bit more penetrable than this but still it's a hickman book it it takes like a lot of the ideas he's been working with for years now and and puts them to good use it, it also assumes you know a lot too where it's mm -hmm. like that you know that kang is actually like a descendant of the richards family yep. and who iron lad and nathaniel richards is and amortis and all this other stuff because mm -hmm. like if you don't know those things you'll be like what yeah so he built the time machine but maybe he didn't build the time machine. yeah the implication of course is that the maker never actually built the time machine at all yeah yeah it, it was it was howard or at least tony yeah who yeah. actually figures it out yeah and then you know the the head trauma wasn't uh, what he thought it was <laughs> no it was just him getting his head blown off by someone who's angry at him yep yeah don't worry though none of my important organs were inside my body at the time <laughs> they were in cloud yeah, storage so <laughs> yeah really fucking cloud storage <laughs> but yeah ultimate invasion number four i enjoyed it even if i did have several problems with it mm -hmm. where when we got to the end i'm just like so that was the end huh yeah yeah i was like really that you're gonna end it especially after the, like this issue was like an oversized it was like 50 pages mm -hmm. so it's like really and it still felt rushed not not just an oversized but an overpriced issue too this yes. issue cost nine american dollars Yeah, it was like 14 dollars for me yeah, likewise here in Canadian dollars, where I'm like, that is, that's a little egregious. Yeah, yeah. 
Like you're you're pressing your luck here, Hickman. You're lucky you can get away with this because like no one else could get away with this. <laughs> but yeah, so that was Ultimate Invasion. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? What else would you like to talk about? Uh, I had the Flash issue one. Oh yes, the big new Cy Spurrier book. I meant to read this, but didn't. Tell me all about it. Ah, uh, it's pretty fucking good. Uh it sees uh obviously this is in the wake of all the stuff that jeremy adams did with the book um so we have uh wally still being flash and he's finding out that the speed force is now sort of hurting him like he hurts mm. it hurts to like use it when he's fighting like gorilla grod soldiers and everything um but not only that he's having trouble at home because uh linda obviously gave birth to their new baby wade uh, and oh. she's dealing with them plus the two uh kids ira and jai who have the powers uh and not yes. only that she's she's suffering from postpartum depression at the moment oh that's and, very size spurrier and uh it, it, it's really quite sad because like she she also while she was pregnant she got powers from her unborn child so she was able to join wally on some adventures and stuff but now that she's had the child she no longer has powers and it's it's like she's had that taste of the, the wonderful life that they tried to keep separate from their home life mm-hmm. and she's missing it. And she, oh. she, 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 it doesn't feel right for her to sit still and everything while Wally and the kids are out doing all their sorts of things. But also Wally is, he's, he's trying to help, but also at the same time, he's being quite tone deaf to a lot of mm. like her problems. Like he can't, cause he's Wally West. He's always very happy. He doesn't really know what, like being, you know, uh, having a a disruptive family is like and everything he th- he yeah. thinks everything is all right and everything and it's kind of like grating on on linda a little bit and it's, he's, it's, he's he's got a little touch of the toxic optimism yeah 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 and it, he means well he doesn't mean like he's not he's not uh being upset with her or anything but yeah he just can't see but it's true when that. you're sad and someone's really happy it just pisses you off more yeah, yeah. Um, on on top of that, w- Wally and uh, Michael, because he's still working at Terrific Tech, uh, uh, Mister Terrific tells him there's something wrong with the Speed Force, and he gets told by like a a strange like scientist sort of guy called the Inspector that like the Speed Force is is disrupting like time and space, and they would be better off oh, if they killed killed every speedster to prevent it from imploding. And and Michael, of course, <laughs> is like, yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> Have you tried killing all the speedsters, though? Have you tried that? Dude, you pitch that every day. <laughs> every month with you. Every month. <laughs> uh, and and obviously this is tied to, like, what's going on with Wally and, and his powers and everything. And he ends up, like, coming across, like, a bunch of different people who seemingly have the speed force. Like, he comes across this person who the, the Gorilla Grodd soldiers call the Indigo Streak because all she is is like an Indigo Streak and she's just like a oh, random God. person. And then he meets this other guy when the, the Gorilla soldiers come back who is literally just Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, <laughs> um, uh, who also has uh, speed powers and is, again, just a normal guy and and Flash has to save him. But something happens with all of these people because it unleashes something from the Speed Force that... I don't know what you would call it's like the speed force itself and and wally and all the flashes uh obviously think the speed force is like good is like a, a force of good yeah and and it's always and, been good to them and and this seeks to imply it's not because this being is mm. like a weird 
I don't know how to explain it. It's like a weird alien demon looking thing with like a large like xenomorph head and it's like covered in spikes and everything. And it's seemingly hunting down like speedsters and killing them. Well, I know in interviews, uh, Cy Spurrier had sold the series as, uh, you know, like the Flash meets a cosmic horror. So mm-hmm. having some mm-hmm. sort of Lovecraftian yeah. monster come out of uh, the Speed Force sure yeah. uh, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very Lovecraftian, and it, yeah, it's, it's great seeing all these things sort of come together. I like that it's con- it's just continuing the Jeremy Adams run, basically. Well, that's good. Yeah, because yeah, I know that was a thing where it's like, oh, you know, if I hop into this, am I going to understand it? You know, should I, you know, maybe pick up on the old one and see what's going on? Because from what you were telling me, you know, Adams, you know, di- didn't sleep, didn't rest on his laurels there, and yeah. actually, you know, put a lot of good stuff in there. He did, he did, and this book can seemingly continues it all, especially with, like, the family stuff and everything. Uh, we also get a little bit of, like, Max Mercury and Impulse, and um, mm, yeah. they, en- they end up seeing seeing what is, I assume, this cosmic entity. It stops them from entering the Speed Force, like, spits them out and, and, and seemingly asks for help on something because right. I... it, 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 shows, it shows itself to them as, like, a buffalo in danger. I'm actually just looking at yeah. it right now. I actually just bought the digital copy because I'm like, all right, let me look at this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great book, but uh, one downside I have is probably Mike Dodato Jr.'s artwork. Most, I was going to say, I'm like, most oh, of they it made is some pretty choices. Cool. Most of it's pretty cool. It's when he starts drawing Wally because he starts drawing Wally West as Chris Evans. Like he literally, oh. like he does, he he's, he's pretty known as like a serial tracer when it comes to faces uh, and he's just taking stills of Chris Evans and just like, this is Wally West now. And it's super distracting because it's like, I know what that, I know which Captain America that still is from. I know which <laughs> Avengers movie that still is from, you know? Oh my god, you're right. That dude is definitely shaggy, and I'm looking at the monster now from the Speed Force. That is a sleep paralysis demon, is what that is. That's that's what Cy Spurrier sees at the edge of his bed when he's paralyzed. Yep, that is that's got all the wrong fucked up angles and like hair and spikes yeah. where it shouldn't be, and a head that is also invocative of the flash itself. Yeah, yeah, it's got like a like the ear pieces on the side, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's nightmarish in a like very particular way. Not like an oh, I'm gonna make a scary monster kind of way, like a slasher movie monster. Mm-hmm. I want to make something that you are genuinely feel unsettled to look at. I am genuinely unsettled to look at that. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. That's just that that, that sets off my like uh, Bethesda uncanny valley senses. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it sounds good, and yeah, it sounds like something I would like. I'm actually, I'm actually getting like a lot of Animal Man vibes from what you're telling mm. me, like a lot of, uh, you know, Grant Morrison era Animal Man, where it's like it's about the family, but about the darker side of the family, and we're also fighting, you know, nightmarish beings. Yeah, so it's very Cyberia, very much like yeah, what he's do- doing over in like X Men with this weird shit. And I fucking loved his X-Men yes. stuff, you know, Way of X and uh, what was the other one? Legion of X Legion. were some of the smartest, most adult, you know, mature comics I've read in a long time. You know, when he talked about faith mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, you know, and science and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, this is actually really good shit. Like, I feel smarter for reading this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I might have to check that out. This might have to be my first flash in a bit. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So I feel like maybe I should go back and read some of the uh, Adam stuff for when Wally returns so I'm up to speed on all the family stuff. No pun intended. Maybe just read issue 800. 
All right. Because that does a good job maybe. of kind of like rounding everything out. All right, maybe I'll do that then. Uh, hey, you got your big flash book this week. I finally got Green Arrow back this week. <laughs> I know, <You're>... right? <laughs> Green Arrow number four, where I'm like, God fucking damn it, how long has it been since they've dropped this? I know, I, I ages. <laughs> it's been for fucking ever, which, you know, hey, I'm glad to say they hit the ground running on this one and they waste basically no time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Ollie still hanging out in the Legion future with some sort of version of Parallax. And, you know, Ollie's just like, did, did you do this, Parallax? Are you the reason me and my family can't be in the same place at the same time? This seems like your sort of fuckery. And he's like, yes, yes, I did do this, but only because you asked me to. <laughs> Which is deeply funny. And Parallax tries to fuck with Ollie by being like, no, I'm definitely Hal. Come on, you know, I brought you back to life. I saved the sun and everything. Doesn't that all sound like stuff your good buddy Hal would do? <laughs> And he's like, shut up, you're so obviously an evil bug creature. <laughs> I like the idea, too, that all these years later, Parallax is still pissed off because Green Arrow was the one that shot him in the fucking chest. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that visual as well because, like, it. I never really put it together, but, like, like Parallax's suit kind of looks like a, uh, a target. It really does, yeah, and, doesn't and, and, it? And he sh shoots him right in the middle of the target dead center which yeah. man i hadn't thought about that like final night story in forever yeah. when it's like kyle rayner holding him and green arrow has to shoot him in the chest yeah yeah that's good shit uh we, we get to see a uh, bricks bad guy bar the brick house in star city that's really fun there's a bunch of you know great background characters in there we got dr psycho we got the billy talkman version of clock king and uh, they bring in another character of the Green Arrow family where I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess she should be involved in this Cheshire, freaking Leanne's mother and uh, Roy Harper's ex. Nice. <laughs> Which I wasn't expecting. She actually comes and saves them. And it's really freaking cool. And I'm like, oh, man, mm -hmm. the, the gang's literally all here now. Yeah. And uh, as with any good story that sees, you know, a hero ping pong between time and space. Uh, basically, Green Arrow has to go to the end of time to finally have a reckoning with his older self and find out what the hell actually happened that, you know, could turn Green Arrow into this guy who wants to actively see his family split up. And they even liken it to the destruction of Coast City, saying if the Arrow family ever reunites, uh, you know, it'll be just as bad as Coast City. Yeah, they keep saying that. Keep saying that. Yeah, they keep referencing it. Uh, Tevia helped us out in the chat there. Is this the Convergence uh, Parallax Green Lantern? Nah, it's just it's Parallax just who parallax. the future. Convergence isn't a thing anymore, Tevia. No one cares about Convergence anymore except you. Yeah, yeah, that got wiped off the board a long time ago. No, they even say in the book where it's like, so what, you got defeated at some point and just ran off to the future. Yeah. Which is yeah. what he did because Parallax can move wherever he wants in time and space seemingly. Yes. And he's powerful enough to work the same chronal mojo on the Arrow family to keep them. Yeah. Which, if you're going to blame it on anyone, blaming it on Parallax is a pretty good thing to blame it on. Ollie <laughs> uh, also settles his problems with Parallax by just challenging him to a yeah, fist fight. To a fist fight, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. And his reasoning is actually fairly solid. He's like, look, if you were Hal, Hal would never not say no to this fight because Hal can throw a punch and take it. And if you are a big wussy fear bug, then you would not fight me at all or at least try to and lose. So let's go. You and me, man. Let's bring it. Come on. Shut, <laughs> shut, man. Let's go. <laughs> 
And that's why Ollie is so much different than Batman, because Batman would be like, oh, I, I figured out this plot like 20 minutes ago while you were talking. Or Batman's like, oh, I have a device that will help me. But Ollie's like, I can't figure this out just yet. How about we have a fist fight about it? Why don't we just take our shirts off and fight in the burning city? And I'm like, all right, that's pretty solid. <laughs> Like, Ollie's smart, but he's not, like, Batman's smartest guy in the world, smartest guy in the no. room smart. No. <laughs> he's like, look, but I'm pretty, but I'm a pretty good judge of people, and I'm pretty sure you suck, so I'm pretty sure you'd lose this fight. <laughs> and he kind of does, and Parallax is like, fuck you, I'm so sick of this, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm gone, eat shit. <laughs> uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had, uh, three more. I had a Power Girl issue one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Power Girl starting this. I mean, now this is the one that's connected to that Fire and Ice book because they were doing the backups and everything. Uh, it's actually connected to the Action Comics backups. The Fire and Ice oh. was... was the, the Fire and Ice was like a backup in that Power Girl special. Oh, man, it's hard to follow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no th this picks up with uh, Power Girl beginning her new identity as a Dr. Paige Stetler, who's like a, a new, new person in the tech world. And, um, mm. she set up like this big auction on a boat, uh, to sort of legitimize her, her, uh, place in the tech world. And, uh, she's kind of trying to do it on her own. She, she got Superman's blessing eventually to do this sort of thing to like, sort of set up her identity and everything. And she's, she's auctioning off like a bunch of, uh, intergalactic sort of like device, like just technology to help curb uh like sustainability and like like hunger and all that sort of stuff and just mm. sort of make the world a better place and she's brokered deals with like the atlanteans so they can offer up like some things for charity as well and kind of like trying to like make good on like uh, atlantean human relations but of course it all goes awry when a bunch of aliens led by a guy called amalak attack the the um the the party and everything so uh power girl has to go fight them uh, and at the party, she found like some sort of device that directly interacted with her and she doesn't really know what it is, but she, she eventually finds that since after the battle, it, it all goes awry. There's like big battle and everything. And they end up going home and her and Omen end up going home and Superman is waiting for her. And he's not too happy because she might have pushed back Atlantean human relations a little bit, especially <laughs> after all the stuff that happened with the Genesis energy in action comics. Oh, wow. They remembered the Genesis energy. Holy shit. Yeah. So he's kind of worried about their relations with the Atlanteans and everything. Um, and, and Paige isn't too happy because she, she, she says she just like panicked when, when stuff hit the ground and just wanted to like save people and actually do the right thing. And it's here. We, we learn that something has, been let loose in 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 the city some sort of virus and Ooh. and they and super superman is there because he wants to send supergirl to star labs to get tested because they found out that this virus came from krypton but not oh. his krypton the earth 2 krypton oh shit the kryptonian flu yeah the krypton that that uh kara is from uh, for, right. for, that doesn't exist anymore so they need to know what exactly is happening because this virus could potentially wipe out humanity 
Oh no, not another virus. Do, you, do, do they do they say why? Uh, what is it? Power Girl was so quick to dump the Karen Star name. Was it just too close to the other Supergirl? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that that was in the entirety of those backups. Come her coming to term with it, she didn't like that she kept getting. Right. She wanted an identity of her own and not just be. Oh, she's the Supergirl from that other Earth, the other Supergirl, basically. I guess it makes sense. They're and, trying to make Power Girl a character unto yeah. herself and not a derivative of supergirl because yeah. yeah christ when when was the last time both characters existed in the same universe it's been a bit yeah and 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 john is the one who actually came up with the name page as in like the the page of a book turning to a new chapter ah, sort of thing and i uh, like it and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh kt helped us out in the chat there just landed on my hawaiian vacation so glad i could catch the show holy shit kt well you you have an awesome time, man. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're in like one of the happiest, most relaxing places in the world. And you're like, gotta get my comic multiverse fixed to make this complete. <laughs> I'm glad we can be part of this. We're there in spirit. Pour, pour me a fucking Mai Tai, please. And let me get <laughs> one of them uh, baked shark sandwiches <laughs> that I hear so much about. Let me let me get one of those delicious Hawaiian breakfasts with, you know, uh, with the uh, spam sushi and the freaking gravy and the moco moco and everything. <laughs> let, let me get one of them. I, I love Hawaiian cuisine where it's like, we just piled a bunch of tasty things together on a plate and called it dinner. And I'm like, yeah. nice, I respect that. Nice, also spam. <laughs> also spam. Hey, you know, spam is hilarious because apparently like the American military left a bunch of that shit behind after World War II. Mm -hmm. So the locals are like, what's for dinner tonight? Well, spam, I guess that's what we got. <laughs> Bam, it is. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. I'm glad Power Girl sounds interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been written by Leia Williams, uh, who, who did ah. some really great stuff over on X-Men. That's right. Power Girl feels like one of those characters where it's like, ah, oh, she's so close to breaking through and becoming a fixture of the universe. And she's had like several runs that people mm -hmm. really love and really highly regard. So much to the point where it's like, oh, they like her more than they like Supergirl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a good time, too, because obviously she's a major fixture over in JSA as well. She is, yes. So keeping uh, keeping that thing rolling. Uh, I had Iron Man number 10 this week. This is the big wedding issue for Emma and Tony. Oh, what's happening there? I'm, I'm still catching up on that. So this is actually really cool because it's literally the opposite side of that last X-Men issue, where we just see mm -hmm. things from Tony's point of view. Yep. And Tony's like, okay, uh, so, you know, Faye Long, he's here at the Hellfire Club. I got to get Emma to let me into his brain because I'm sure the secret to defeating uh, the Stark Sentinels is in there somewhere. Also, I feel that whatever is making these Stark Sentinels so strong, Faye Long probably got that from my dad and that video reel. So they yep. brought that back. Yep, finally. <laughs> They finally brought that back. And I'm like, oh, Jerry Duggan, I thought you forgot about that for a second. <laughs> And you know what, Matt? Uh, can of Coke for you. You are 100% correct. Yes, the element that Howard Stark found back in the day was indeed Mutant Mysterium. Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> so you, 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 like, when did that issue come out? So you've been oh. right for like a year, basically. Yeah, it was ages ago, yeah. Ages ago now. That was your first guess and you were 100% correct. I read that and I'm like, God damn it. Oh, Matt, a can of Coke. He was right. <laughs> and it's great because Tony's telling this story to Emma and it's her first time hearing. She's like, dude, it's Mysterium. We've been mining it out of the hot white room for years. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck, really? <laughs> they, they have a shotgun wedding in Vegas, which is hilarious and very fun. <laughs> 
And their idea is, it's like, look, we got to get Fei Long to drop his guard. So we have to not invite him to our wedding, knowing that he'll crash the wedding because he's an asshole who would show up where he's not invited. Yeah, of course, of course. It's exactly what he does. Uh, Tony's actually quite taken by Emma's suit. They both wear red and black because, of course, they do. Of course, yes. And, and he's like, wow, you know, I know this is a sham wedding so we can take down our enemies, but oh man, I, I feel like I'm kind of falling for Emma. This this woman's going to ruin my life and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> and she's, she's technically ruined his life before because I yeah. can't remember, does he, he doesn't really remember like when they met during like the 80s. Their first meeting, no. Yeah, when she was uh, posing as his assistant, which she kind of is again. As again well. yes yeah. yeah which which makes me wonder does tony kind of remember that is that the thing did that like incept in his mind yeah or did emma just go like hey what if i just pose as your assistant named this and he's like yeah yeah cool whatever they they also make a good bit in case you're worried about like well what about alimony like what if they get divorced what about that as tony is sure to mention in this issue technically i'm the only one getting married today because kendall hayes technically does not exist <laughs> And I'm like, fair enough, that's pretty solid. Also, uh, Duggan is sure to work in a Deadpool cameo, because uh, while he's in Vegas, uh, Tony robs one of Ezekiel Stane's old stash houses and steals a bunch of stuff to help him make, you know, weapons to fight the Stark Sentinels, and he gives it to Deadpool to truck back to New York. And Deadpool's like, oh, wedding, eh? You know, I was married one time, because Duggan wrote that story, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Tony's like, shut up, we don't have time for it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they fuck around in Fei Long's mind. They learn the secret of the Mysterium, but they also learn Fei Long's true origin, which I was genuinely surprised by this. Yeah? What is it? So, you know, he's said before where it's like, oh, you know, my parents abandoned me. You know, they didn't love me. I had to fight for myself and everything. And that's why I became a human. Uh, no, actually, his parents loved him very much. Here's the thing, though. His parents were mutants. Ah, okay. And Fei Long was born without a mutation. Human, they loved yeah. him. Yeah, he hated them for what he always wanted to be, and that expanded to hating all of you ah, kind. Ah. So he's basically Grace and Creed with a with like a twist. Nice, nice. And I'm like, that's actually really good. This is why he chases power. This is why he does all this stuff and everything mm -hmm. because he's just trying desperately hard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, that's really... Duggan can just still bring the heat every so often. And where it's like, you thought you knew everything about Fei Long, but here's this extra little twist. In fact, Tony says, oh, I guess, you know, his own relationship with his father, maybe that's why he's obsessed with mine. Hmm, <laughs> yeah, maybe. The father he always wanted and never had. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. And uh, I think the implication is that Tony and Emma are going to be going to space now to try and get more Mysterium. Because Tony's like, if I have all the Mysterium, I can stop the Stark Sentinels, but I need all of it. Need all of it. <laughs> I need all of it, not just a little. I need all of it. Are you going to make it into an armor? I can't promise I'm not going to make a Mysterium armor out of it. <laughs> Look, when I got Uru, I made it into an armor. Let, let, let just, you know, Take from that what you will, you know. <laughs> Yeah, every every new element I find, I make it into an armor. When I wash myself in the morning, I turn the bar of soap into an armor. <laughs> when I'm eating mashed potatoes in a restaurant, armor. Every time. Can't stop me. 
It's it's a compulsion. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rhodey has some good shit in prison too, because he's in the fucking Texas penal system mm-hmm. that Orchis controls, and they keep sending like the Aryan Nation to try and fucking stab him. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And and Tony can't protect him in prison, but he knows someone who can, so he literally pays Wilson Fisk to hire supervillains to protect Rhodey while in prison. Oh, that's cool. And it's Sandman and Living Laser. Oh, ah, oh, bringing those guys back bringing them back right i'm like oh that's really cool and it's so funny because roadie's like how did you guys get here so quick to this texas prison from new york and they're like fisk flew us in and as far as getting into prison i just punched a texas cop in the face or as i like to call it living the dream (laughs) (laughs) and that's why they're in prison now oh that's cool Yeah, the, the book's really firing on all cylinders because there was a moment there when it was like stopped kind of being an Iron Man story and started being a c- continuation of Duggan's X-Men work. <laughs> where I'm like, I don't know, this book's kind of losing its identity, but this issue is like, ah, you got it back. You got it back. That's good. That's good to hear. You got it back and you tied it back to Mysterium and all the other stuff. The only thing they haven't tied back yet is Riri having the Ten Rings. Yeah, that hasn't come up at all. No, you figure that's got to be important, because if I was Tony, I'd be like, Riri, can you use the Ten Rings to blow up these Dark Sentinels? Thanks. <laughs> Maybe that is how it's going to fucking end. She comes back, it's like, you know, you could have called me, right? I literally have all these super weapons on my fingers. <laughs> or maybe they're like, hey, let Riri slumber for a little bit <laughs> until her show inevitably comes out. Yeah. But yeah, it's good shit. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had the Immortal Thor issue two. Oh, I almost read this before we started. I loved the first issue. Yeah, and this is just a continuation of that. Thor fights Toranos. Uh, yes, uh, the Utgardian Thor across New York, and 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 Toranos is a complete arrogant prick. He's like, ah, he could, he, mm-hmm. he refers to Thor as the Micro God because he's because so, <laughs> he, he's so small, and he's like, ah, your yeah. lightning is nothing but a spark to me. I control yeah. everything. I was there before the lightning even struck land once and all this mm, sort of stuff. Because uh, the Utgardians are like the old gods. They're like yes. the titans of the Norse gods. Yes, and uh, Thor ends up fighting him and, and taking control of the winds and thunder, and he uses the thunder to open a portal to uh, the the uh, awakening void uh, to, to push uh, Uranus into... Uh, Th- Toranos into and... Um, trap him just just briefly just to like get him out of earth get him off of midgard Mm -hmm. and like save the people and thor does that and the problem with that is though is that he's been using his his all power his the odin force the the thor force right and the more he uses the longer and deeper he's going to have to go into the all sleep oh Um, i never even thought of that thor's own version of the odin sleep that's interesting and he begins feeling it coming for him because he starts getting really tired and like the power begins to wane and everything and he keeps trying to like remind himself i can't do this on 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 earth so he ends up fixing the, the 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 statue of liberty in new york and then he he gets uh mjolnir to like take him off of earth but it can't take him to asgard because he's too weak so it takes him to the gray area of the moon oh uh, and hmm. he, he goes to the gray area which is on the opposite side to the blue area 
Uh, and it, it's, it's again, it's in an inhuman city, and he went. There yeah, I was because, gonna say where the inhumans yeah, used to live. <laughs> it, it, he went there because it has a, a breathable atmosphere, which he then can mold into weather should he need to fight. Oh, smart. Yeah, and, and it's like a, a des- It's a fucking moon. There's no no one there, so like he 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 he's not gonna worry about getting people hurt. Uh, and then Loki appears, and and he thinks that maybe Sif sent Loki, but Loki didn't. Loki knew he was going to be there. Uh, and and loki hopes that his brother can trust him and thor of course does uh but he isn't sure if he can because loki asks if he can trust him as an enemy because loki needs to become thor's enemy again and loki transforms into an aspect of themselves called the teller of tales which is like this david bowie looking woman (laughs) with giant horns and everything and i like it it's implied that he that this aspect of loki and thor has uh fought before in the past because thor gets immediately really serious and knows what this means um i uh I really love that they're continuing to play with Loki's identity there from like mm. Loki showing up and being like, I'm serving non-gender splendor now to where like, <laughs> I can just change myself whenever. Yeah. He can, but be- he, he can become whatever he wants basically. Um, um but yeah, it, it's, it's implied that, that they've had like a, uh, a past uh, and, and Thor didn't particularly like this aspect of Loki because they were, uh, extremely evil apparently like like Mm. more evil than loki usually is um (laughs) and and but thor has no choice but to trust him because he he's like minutes away from falling into the all sleep so loki teleports him somewhere we're not sure where he teleports him to but it takes him somewhere probably back to asgard maybe but uh that's where the the book ends with him being teleported away and and this new version of loki kind of taking his place i guess to fight toranos or or fight these old new gods interesting well yeah. damn it al ewing you done it again yeah i like that thor is constantly trying to fall asleep here in this issue yeah it's it's very fucking relatable thor is very tired yeah. i agree as an as an overworked internet personality finally a hero who speaks to me on a deeper level yeah he's, he's constantly fighting against it and, and he makes it known it's like the more he fights against it the longer the sleep will actually be uh-oh. So he Uh-oh. could, like, fall asleep and, like, eons could pass, basically. Uh, that wouldn't be good for anybody. No, no. Uh, you know what else isn't really good for anyone? Uh, Batman, Catwoman, Gotham, War, Red Hood, number one. <laughs> Fuck, I hate that title so much. I, like, uh, I was, like, looking at, like, like review websites, and, like, I saw it was, like, oh, all these really great books, Ultimate Invasion, Action Comics, Thor. And then I saw this, and it had, like, a big red, like, like four out of ten i'm like oh this is gonna be good yeah (laughs) gotham war as a series is already really struggling with characterization it's getting a little better the last issue with the reveal of scandal savage and you know her maybe pulling uh catwoman strings and everything and nightwing having a good one-on-one with her certainly helped this issue was just matthew rosenberg throwing up his hands and saying i don't give a fuck what you guys are doing i'm gonna keep doing what i've been doing because <laughs> if you remember rosenberg wrote jason todd over in uh that task force yep. z book yeah he's currently writing the joker book which i hadn't read because i loved the tynan run so much but mm-hmm. apparently jason is a major fixture in that book now and has actively been hunting the joker and that's what he's doing in this book 
even though it completely runs counter to everything he's been saying and doing in the other Gotham War books. <laughs> Where he's been, like, stoking the fires and and, yes. and just, like, playing like a shit heel, basically. Yes, here he's just loudly declaring to anyone who will list, I just want to find the Joker, give me the Joker, I'm only <laughs> working with Catwoman so, you know, I can, you know, hassle the henchmen and so they can tell me where Joker is. A, what makes you think the henchmen will know where Joker is? <laughs> B, if you hate the henchmen so much and you think the Catwoman's plan is so stupid, why are you actively assisting her every step of the way <laughs> yeah. and training the henchmen and taking your mask off in front of them also? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's dumb. That's really dumb. The whole thing just kind of fucking falls to pieces almost right away because nothing in this book gels with the rest of the series. Oh, that's cool. I, I like, like when, the, I, when a writer decides, fuck it, I'm not going to bend to the rule of this stupid event. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, this is like one of those things where I'm like, how did he get this out of the door? And I like Rosenberg. I think Rosenberg does mm -hmm. great work. I think I think his Marvel work has been a little bit better than his DC work. But then mm -hmm. again, I haven't read that Joker book, so maybe I don't know. But yeah, this this really feels like something where it's like was no one paying attention did no editor come in and be like you gotta clean this up man because this absolutely flies in the face of everything else well i mean i don't think any editor was paying attention because like you know like look at the first issue of gotham war how like there's like no join between both writers you could easily tell like which one was writing which because the characters were just wildly different even in Batman and Robin, why does White Rabbit have henchmen? Isn't no one supposed to have henchmen right now? Shut up, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I liked Rosenberg's Punisher. His Kingpin mm -hmm. is amazing. Sadly, we lost too soon. Because, yeah, he's an excellent writer, but this is just him clearly rebelling against the material he's been given. And it's sad, too, because, like... I would argue Red Hood has actually been one of the best, most interesting parts about Gotham War because he is this guy who just instantly betrayed Batman to be like, yeah, I want to work with Catwoman. I agree with her more. She understands me better. And to have Catwoman seemingly respect him as an ally and like trust him in a level that Batman doesn't, where even at the end of that last issue where she's worried about Jason to be like, oh no, he might be hurt. You know, this is all my fault. I have to go save him. None of that is honored in this issue. In this issue, they fight with each other and, you know, call each other out. And it's just like, yep, yeah, this is this is not the same. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Jason does get a fairly good line in, though, when he's like, look, you know, this stupid plan of yours to create a thieves guild of super henchmen is going to fail. All you're going to end up doing is returning them to their old masters, better fighters and killers than they were before. And I'm like, yeah, that is a pretty solid point. But also, if you think that, Jason, then why have you been training them so good? <laughs> Your idea is terrible, which is why I followed it to the letter. <laughs> I, I'm only here to get the Joker, which, again, he's, I can already tell you, he's not going to get the Joker by the end of this story, so. No, not at all. The fuck's the point? fuck's the point of any of this yeah this uh, the, i i did not have fun reading this this has got to be one of the worst times i've read in a while oh, that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah again like if you if you really want to dig into a bad comic then this is definitely one of those bad comics where you'll be like oh yeah this is this is the stuff right here <laughs> this, this is the thing because matt and i don't work for a big website we get to pick what books we read every week and because of that we mostly stick to just stuff we like or stuff we think we like mm -hmm. but when you gotta read one of these as part of a time it's like oh yeah i forgot how bad comics could be yeah they can be pretty bad and, and no offense to rosenberg because he might very well listen to the show for all i know i like your stuff man but this was not a good look for anyone i feel like there's probably a lot of shit behind the scenes we don't know about this event 
Well, I, as I've been saying, I think like th between this event and Night Terrors, I don't think either were meant to be as big as they they have been turned into. No, there feels like a lot of unhappy writers behind the scenes and writers trying to make, you know, like lemonade out of lemons. Like no one wants another story where heroes fight each other, no, but they no were forced to write it anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so oof, that was Batman Catwoman, the Gotham War, the Red Hood number one. I fucking hate these long titles. Seriously. Oh, so I, I've just I've just started calling them Gotham War part one, part two, part three. I'm not doing gotham war battle lines gotham war 2 mm. or what yeah oh oh that's the worst part about this story too it's such a tie-in it's not part four it doesn't move anything from the main story forward at all fuck me that's the worst thing about it jesus so it's not only is it bad but it's completely useless if you're trying to follow the storyline of gotham war there is no newer important information that is learned from this story <laughs> which means you can totally skip it nice yeah. Uh, last one I read this week, and I know you read it too. I read this one like three hours before we started. Action Comics. Yeah, this uh, Action Comics issue 1,047. Uh, a, a good book. A good, a good book compared to that. Very, very much so. You know, uh, it was a real shame that uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's thing had to, you know, rush to the end because of night terrors and everything but boy does he do a good job easing us back in and being like man this is a really good superman book too and from like a completely different angle than like the joshua williamson superman book is good mm, absolutely yeah whereas that that superman book focuses on superman this one focuses yes. on, on clark kent so much good clark kent yeah uh the, the daily planet get called up by the blue earth movement those fucking right winger storm the alien capital, racists. alien racists uh and they want to do an interview with the daily planet but they'll only do it with clark kent because they trust him because he's from the midwest yeah. i imagine yeah and they probably but, think but, he's but, he's a good old boy or something well well they also <laughs> seek to imply that the mysterious leader of the group uh that young goth lady who we find out her name is nora stone the implication is that she might know more about superman already Oh she they 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 flat out say like oh yeah we know your 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 Clark Kent and Superman it's it's obvious yeah. yeah they basically like yell it at you which hey she has like a gauntlet with a green stone on that do mm -hmm. we think that's kryptonite or do we think that's something magic she she used the word magic in the interview in a way that a normal person wouldn't and I'm like oh it's her power magical it's absolutely magic absolutely because yeah. like clark he doesn't react to it like he usually reacts to kryptonite he starts like sweating yes. and like stumbling over words near the end there but like yeah it's not how he usually reacts to kryptonite but yeah, yeah she 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 ends up giving an interview and like she's like the worst person ever because clark uses his powers to like detect if she's lying and when everything she's and she lying just lies and she's through her lying. teeth yeah she's just only lying except for that one thing where she subtly subtly quote unquote hints that maybe he is superman she doesn't lie about that it's a, it's a beautiful scene too because phil kennedy johnson basically gives us a master class in how to have a tense scene without people punching mm -hmm. each other because superman knows she's lying knows that she's ticking like every shithead talking point box but can't just fucking yell at her less give away that he's superman so he has to like keep classy and keep the high ground and he does get her pretty good at the end where it's like oh you know I, i'm distressed that you know uh, a lady as young as you is also as hateful as you are you know i hope that you can only 
grow, you know, and change as you uh, get older there. Uh, the immigrants and refugees are not your enemy. And I should know this because I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great line. And yeah, yeah. It, immigrants and refugees aren't invaders. There's a difference. Yeah, aren't invaders. Yeah. 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 But it's great too because even Lois and Jimmy get a moment here where they're like, Are we doing the right thing here by yeah. like platforming these people? And they're like, No, we are. We have to drag them kicking and screaming into the light because if not, they'll just, you know, sell their story to a shittier paper like the mm -hmm. star who won't ask the hard questions. You know, this is how we win uh, hearts and minds, you know, evil festers in the dark and everything. And I'm like, Oh, this is a good moral thing for Lois to go through because she's running the paper now. Mm -hmm. She's not just another journalist. But even then at the end, she's like, Oh, maybe I did shouldn't have done this because i just yeah kind of given her a little bit of a platform <laughs> yeah fuck fuck these people <laughs> yeah but uh yeah no, and it ends with uh clark getting cornered by uh nora's bodyguard dorian uh who seemingly wields magic and it, yes from from what what he says about clark intervening and stuff uh, i took that as like an implication there from warworld because he says if, if you didn't get in involved we wouldn't be here uh or maybe him getting involved in the bombing too maybe from the first couple well, issues but, but that bombing is also related to uh that's true stuff and the we still have refugees. um we still have what's his name chatel out there and uh that's right and krulux out there like doing shit that's right. Yeah, there was a couple, uh, what is it, of uh, Mongols guys still running around yes. there. That would be interesting. Also, you got to figure the name's got to mean something too. Dorian, mm. Portrait of Dorian Gray. He mm. becomes Superman's double there at the end. And it's like, ooh, is he trying to say something without saying it? Yeah, yeah. He, he uses his, his powers to turn into Superman. And uh, he, it's implied he's going to go and, like, destroy Superman's image. Yeah, which, you know, hey, wouldn't be the first time. Nah, so it's, it's, it's a trope in Superman. <laughs> It really is. Now, with some other theories I had about Nora there, because she seeks to imply a greater history with Superman, my guess is she's maybe not a new villain. Maybe she's an old villain in a new mm. form there. Someone's... Someone said something crazy there where it's like, hey, could that be, uh, what is it, a canon version of Lex Luthor's uh, goth niece from, uh, mm. what is it, that uh, other famous Superman story? Could this be her? I'm like, oh, that would actually be pretty interesting. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, yeah. Or like I was trying to think, like, are there other magical Superman villains that this could also be? Well, as well, like again, tying it back to the Warworld thing, it could be someone he met on Warworld. Mm, that's true. It could also be that. Yeah, someone that he tried you know, to save and didn't want saving or something. Right. That way, it's like, ooh, the calls are coming from inside the house. It's Warworld people fighting other Warworld people and using humans as proxies. Yeah. So there's a good one uh oh the we didn't talk about it too but the opening the first couple pages of this book is great because it's just mm. superman having lunch with a construction worker who's an ex-con that he put in jail but who now regularly comes to check on and eats lunch with and gives him fatherly advice yeah I, and i i like that that like superman's like oh i'm not here to like check up on you i'm just here having lunch with a friend that, that's yeah, all i'm here for it, it's nice up here it's quiet and even the pigeons love superman and he gets to feed the pigeons yeah yeah it's, it's a beautiful, I could totally see a moment like that being in one of the movies, because like mm. people always love the scene where like Superman stops the jumper and everything. This, I think, is definitely on that same level of let's just see Superman be a good dude and like what yeah. he does with his time. Absolutely. 
when he's not actively putting out fires and everything. Yeah. But my only problem with that scene is we didn't get to know what kind of sandwich Superman was eating. <laughs> I'm going to guess he's a peanut butter and jelly guy is what I'm going yeah. to assume. Maybe a ham and cheese. Who knows? Yeah, a very simple man. Exactly. Very simple. It's simple because it's good. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't need to eat either, so... No, he doesn't. So he's just doing it because he's like, "No, this is this is me time." You know, this is me. I need to cool yeah. off for a second. Yeah, which honestly makes it better because that hey, you know, Superman, if he's got super hearing and super, you know, smell and everything else, surely he must also have super taste. Absolutely, yes. Everything tastes amazing to him. <laughs> I can only imagine. How, how come no one's done that story? It's a shame that anthony bourdain didn't live long enough because i know he liked comics and he wrote some too that totally should have been a story there written by anthony <laughs> bourdain superman having some food ah uh, yeah or like making food or something yeah exactly uh, chem dog says peanut butter and fluff you're probably right chem dog given the part of the world that clark kent is from you're probably not wrong that's a, that, and from experience that's pretty good sandwich that's and it's also a pretty good sandwich too and again superman doesn't have to worry about the health implications either it's <laughs> fine he's got it on the white wonder because it cuts easier and everything <laughs> superman still doesn't have to worry about his health he's good he's good now that's that's his little reward did you read the backups for this i did not actually i know that's so, uh what is it more uh young john in smallville yeah that one finishes is fucking boring because it's dan jurgen's regurgitating shit he's been doing for 30 Stuff he years he already did where it's like yeah. dude it's, it's it's like i understand there's a hunger for this but it's also like i already saw you do this dan yeah. you already yeah. did it once better before yeah uh the other story is about uh superboy and it's one i didn't particularly like um oh yeah so it's about connor kent uh, it's in, in the wake of that uh, Kenny Porter book um, where he went out into the universe to find himself. Uh, right, the one that won the round robin tournament. Yeah, this uh, this book takes place after it, but then treats that story like it never fucking happened. This, <laughs> this entire story is about John, uh, not John, Connor trying to find out who he is, which he did in that series yes and and uh they 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 they're starting to change connor a little bit they they he's now dyeing his hair with a big streak of red in it but it doesn't look like a streak because the art fucks up and it just looks like a splotch of like paint in his hair that's and, a weird choice is he yeah. trying to be like J jason with his streak of white yeah something like that and like he's trying to like sort out who am i he's back living on the kent farm um and right and everything and he's he's getting really like angry at uh at martha kent because like martha sees him as her son and technically yeah technically he is her son yeah uh, um but like connor connor's like oh i don't want to be your son fuck you martha uh, and he's going like, through his angry shitty teen phase yeah and and then like he meets up with miss martian who he's now in a relationship with oh because we saw young justice and yeah, we want to get yeah, some of that young I, just I, well talk, talk about being a little fucking late for yeah, that guys I, I i pointed that out in my review these two have barely interacted in the comics like they've probably, in the actual comics like, like on one hand i can probably count like all the times they've interacted and now they're being forced into a relationship because a cartoon which for all intents and purposes is finished now it's 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 done it's, it's over now yeah yeah it did it and because that's what people recognize so they're in a relationship and um megan uses her powers to like get into into superboy's mind to like 
like sort out his mind and like how he sees himself he sees himself as like superman fighting doomsday and then dying and you know being being all that but then he he's they show all the different variants of of superboy from throughout the year so like the jacket the one where he had like those weird red glasses oh yeah they show the new 52 superboy which doesn't make any sense because the new 52 superboy was was not not connor kent so i don't know why he is there It was a weird future clone thing. Yeah, yeah fuck. Wow. Yeah, and they, yeah. yeah, they try and like condense it all, kind of like what Robert Vendetti did with uh, Hawkman, try and like condense right. it down into one to make him his own pe- person, but it none of it works. Doesn't work. None of it works at all. Yeah, well, that that sounds like a fucking mess. Hey, at least uh, Connor and Jason are both being equally fucked up at the same time. It reeks of like editorial trying to like take a character and trying to revitalize them for new audiences but not knowing what those new audiences want so they're like ah those people loved young justice and and miss martian and superboy together we'll put them together even though it doesn't make any sense in the canon of the comics and here's the 52 superboy that people loved because edgy but that doesn't make any sense either yeah okay i'm looking at it right now i pulled out my copy here yep he's got an ugly red spot and he's got a bunch of facial piercings now wow he is going through a real it's not a yeah. phase mom phase yeah it's it's not bad it's it's me me and my hot uh martian girlfriend are going to riot fest bro <laughs> yeah wow this uh this looks rough this is matt uh who, who fucking wrote this one uh, magdalene visago Visaggio. Oh, he's yeah, she she's usually better than this, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, I've re- I've uh, uh, read stuff that she's done in the past, and she's usually been pretty good. Again, again, I think this is all just editorial. Yeah, or this is like, hey, you want to do a Superboy backup? Yeah, okay, I don't really know, but I mean, I'll take the money, I guess. Yeah, well, as well because he's gonna also be a fixture in some book called Speed Force. Oh, with like Avery Ho and I think uh, Wallace West. Oh, so all the all the broken misfit toys. Yeah, it's it's such a weird like. It's like, why is he in a Speed Force book? I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, those are good characters and yeah, everything, yeah. and like they're they're all somebody's favorite. But I mean, come on, if you're looking at it through the business lens of DC Comics, they are the misfit toys. Yeah, they 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 they've had their like big stories, and now DC doesn't really know what to do with them. No, they really don't. Where it's like, well, we have other versions of you that we'd much rather play with. So yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, we created you. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, like, we gave like, you life. <laughs> yeah, basically, like the worst parents ever. Sorry, you were born. <laughs> Actually, that's a good pitch for a story right there. Have them basically do their own Immortal Hulk, where they like actually want an audience with the god who created them. It's like, why? Why do you make me suffer, oh Lord? Why do you make me go through like early two thousands emo phases in the year twenty twenty three, and just have like an uncaring god parent be like, because it's your lot in life, because I gave you life, and you will do what I tell you. <laughs> You are but a puppet on my string and always have been. Your life is mine to create and dispose of as I uh, see fit. If and, and you can literally have a box. It's like you can go back in the box and be forgotten, which happens to so. And you yeah. have like a bunch of characters in there, like fucking Calvin Rose, Talon, and like uh, what is it, the bad guy from Convergence, who no one remembers. Yeah. We can put you back in the box. Yeah, it, it it's it, it's not a box. It's like a fridge. Yeah, it's oh my god, it's literally a space fridge. <laughs> we'll put you in the space fridge or the bus. We'll put you on the space bus and send you elsewhere. 
oh, look, Power Girl 2 is in here as well. You know, remember <laughs> her, the second Power Girl? She's also in here. <laughs> Which, hey, uh, technically her and uh, Karen at the time were actually stuck together in the same place, so she should really be mm. free too, but no one ever bothered to go back to her. No, no one did. Yeah, Telos, that was the guy. But even Telos wasn't even really his real name, as we found out later. He was some fucking Conan the Barbarian guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was all the books I had this week. Yeah, I'm, I, I've not read anything else yet. Yeah, again, I still got more stuff to cover as well, but I'm sure I will. Uh, but yeah, so good time, I would say. Good, good stuff, yeah. good show. Yeah. So yeah, thank you everyone for coming and hanging out with us uh, on a Sunday. Again, sorry for messing up the schedule, but it seems like a lot of you came out to watch us anyway. Thank you everyone who super chatted. Uh, most, most appreciated. And yeah, we'll be back again next week. Uh, we're probably going to have some big shows too as we head closer to New York Comic Con. So there's going to be a lot of new stuff coming to talk about. Yeah, I think our next show, our next show is just before New York Comic Con. And then we've got one right, right. after, right after it. Right, which, you know, means no doubt that there'll be stuff that will probably leak before and after. Absolutely, yes. Uh, actually, hey, we want to talk about what's coming out this week, because I'm looking at it right now. Sure. I, I uh, ooh, we... the, the finale of Ahsoka is this week as well. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah, man, we're going to have a lot to talk about there. How how fun was it to see three generations of Jedi all hanging out together and fighting, and even Thrawn's like, ah, yes, like the Jedi of old. Yeah, uh, I love Thrawn so much. He's so good. He, he's great, and I love that, uh, what is it, Morgan just cannot wrap her mind around this guy. Now we'll let them go. Now we'll do this. No, 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 we don't <laughs> have to do that. And she's like, I thought you were this amazing bloodthirsty general who was going to lead us to victory, but you don't seem to be doing anything. Oh, aren't I? Aren't I doing? anything <laughs> or am i just you know fucking 3d chess master thinking 20 yeah. moves ahead <laughs> yeah i've already thought about like what's coming in the sequels and everything i know what's happening <laughs> yeah i'm already on my shit lady <laughs> also i don't know what it is but you know dirty fucked up stormtroopers always do it for me they always look so good don't they Right, because I think it's because they're so, like, beautiful and clean and, like, Apple Store, so to see them all dirty and, like, kept together with yeah. fucking duct tape and everything. Yeah, that's why I like Solo so much, where they had all, like, the stormtroopers, like, all in, like, like mud and just, like, yeah. crap and everything. There were so many great stormtrooper variants in that movie, and they're only there for, like, a couple scenes, yeah. and then we never see them again. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, hey, man, can I just, like, have a whole trench warfare movie with stormtroopers, please? <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, what we got coming out this week, we got Batman 138. Uh, looks to be Bruce fighting Nightwing here, and they're redoing the whole, you know, uh, Dick taking oath by candle and everything. I, I like uh, Williamson kind of brought that back. Yeah, I was going to say, Williamson, Williamson did that in Dark Crisis. <laughs> yeah, now everyone's like, yeah, that was a cool scene. We should keep bringing that back. <laughs> lot of x-men this week we got x-men 27 uh we looks like we get to check back in see what's happening with cyclops in that sinister prison nice. immortal x-men 16 apocalypse has showed up again on whatever weird planet or wherever the hell the x-men is now what's up with that i don't know oh fuck yeah x-force 45 which i'm not reading but i think it's really impressive that one writer has stayed on x-force for this long and i will have Absolutely. to go back and finish it at some point yeah uh darth vader dark droid you nice. got that coming for you. Nice. Uh, we got Gods number one from Hickman. Oh, fuck yeah. Finally. It's 
It's God's week, everyone. What's God's about? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. It's Hickman, so I'm sure it'll fucking bake your whole noodle is what it's meant to do. Yeah, if anything, like the little teasers we've gotten in, in a couple of issues here and there have been that it's going to be insane. Yeah, we got Skybound's Transformers number one, which, uh, yes. again, I should really fucking get on that because they actually gave me an early copy. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll definitely be reading this as well as like the G.I. Joe books because I know they, they're like making like a, a complete universe with them or something. Yeah, they look fun. Yeah. Birds of Prey number two, uh, Bounty Hunters thirty nine. Nice. Uh, what else we got going on here? Ba dum ba dum ba dum. Oh, that Peacemaker series comes to an end. Uh, Fire and Ice number two. Mm -hmm. uh, is that? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a lighter week this week. Thank fuck. I think we needed oh. one. Yes, yes, we did. Because <laughs> there's just been so many goddamn things, hasn't there? Oh my god. I have stuff from two, three weeks ago I haven't had a chance to catch up on. Same, but I same. hope I'll finally get a chance to. Yeah. Gotti, I mean, when they're dropping like two, three X-Men books a week, what do they expect? <laughs> yeah, I hope with the with whatever happens after Krakoa, they sort of ease back on the X-Men a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like I feel like a dick was like, there's too many X-Men books. They're all excellent, but there's too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's way too many. <laughs> like, there's so many, we could run both our channels just doing X-Men books Solely every week. X-Men, yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy, but hey, that's what the Akira Yoshida said he wanted to do there. He wanted to bring the X-Men back to their 90s heyday, and we're kind of there. Yeah. At least in volume of books. Mm -hmm. All right, so thank you everyone for watching and listening. We hope you appreciate it. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to hear and listen to this back first before anyone else. Uh, for everyone else, again, a great way to watch us is how you're watching us right now, live on Fortress of Solitude, Sunday nights at 10 so that's always a great way to see us live. You can see our beautiful faces. You can super chat and everything that helps us out. That's always widely appreciated. It pushes you to the top of the heap there for uh, us to talk to you and get to, uh, you know, help shape the show and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else uh, to say, Matt? Anything else? Uh, nah, not really. Nah, again, you know, I... Uh, I, I would say, you know, you can see me at live events, but I'm not going to any live events. You can see me at the grocery store and at the laundromat when I wash my clothes, if, you, if you're in the area. <laughs> That's where you can see me this week. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.